Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the incoming nerf to Luna Factions and the Rally Barricade. People are pretty unhappy about this. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. The link below, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Come on and hang out. If I'm not live, you can follow the stream so you don't miss out. If you're watching YouTube or the other locations, you can like and subscribe and follow. That's an excellent way to help out the content if you don't ever watch the live stream. So, What's going on? You know, Bungie's not announced anything. Where's this coming from, Lono? Luna factions are getting nerfed. Rally Barricade is getting nerfed. Like, what, what? What? where are we getting this? People came back from PAX and have been slowly sort of putting out what they learned while they were there about different nerfs and changes to different archetypes of guns and tether one-shotting and blah, blah, blah. They also discovered that Rally Barricades and Luna factions... A Luna Faction Rift no longer automatically reloads your weapons, but gives you really fast reload. It's they're 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 seeming to wanting to maintain the spirit of these items and this ability rally barricade while not giving you the ability to dump all of your grenade launcher ammo into a boss. Now, people are ticked. I, I want you to hear me out, because you guys know sometimes people are like, Lono, why are you in support of nerfs? Because I was in support of a change to Well of Radiance and Ikelos Shotgun. I never want to take your fun away. I don't like throwing in with the crowd. It's like, if we're too strong, it trivializes the content. I think there's a delicate balance here. We need to feel strong, but strength is often felt when we're truly challenged. You don't necessarily feel strong running through and one-shotting everything, okay? Imagine playing a game where they handed you a weapon and be like, you're really strong, don't you feel strong? And you would just run through rooms and one-shot everything. Strength is typically felt when you're truly challenged, and if you lift weights, that's that's a good way to think about it, right? The more weights you lift, the more clear evidence that you're pushing yourself to higher thresholds of strength, and then you feel stronger. If you go into your child's room and pick up fake dumbbells, you're like, look how strong I am, that's not necessarily the feeling and the in the sort of experience of of strength. So keep that in mind when I'm going through this, okay? I'm not just trying to like knock down all your fun that you've had with Luna factions and grenade launchers. Also keep in mind this is probably protecting grenade launchers from a nerf. So what was confirmed? First section. What do I think? Second section. And I want to end by saying context is key. I think context is key here. So let's just really, really establish what has been confirmed here. Bungie hasn't announced anything officially, okay? So, people that went about to PAX learned that they will no longer automatically reload your weapons. It will simply make them reload your weapons faster. Now, remember these what these things initially required. So, that's what's changing, but let's remember what they initially required. Originally, a Luna Faction's Rift required you to step in and out of it. I remember doing that in the Callus Wind Tunnel room with the Cold Heart, stepping in and out to reload it. Rally Barricades required you to like step up and down, like uncrouch and recrouch. So, they took these further than even their initial design with some of the changes they made with them and I think that's an important thing to remember in this discussion that these items are still maintaining that spirit of helping you reload your weapons faster but not in a way that is kind of absurd and keep keep in mind I'm not pro nerf here this change is actually probably keeping us from certain nerfs that were going to happen to other precious items so let's just move on to what do I think that's 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 all I got for the front half of the video that's what they're changing okay what do I think okay a change was definitely needed and grenade launchers are finally good I really want to drive that home okay Cortana Spartan thank you for three months a change was needed and grenade launchers are finally in a really good spot so we've got to be very very careful here with this delicate balance I don't think you could watch teams mindlessly dump grenade launcher ammo into bosses 
we compared it this morning to things we used to do in previous fights. You could use Dark Drinker at Axis. You could use Starfire Protocol on Fusion Grenades. You could use Galley. You could use that Dead Orbit Cluster Rocket Launcher. You could use the Sleeper on Vosik. There were all these different weapons and, and power expressions that we had in D1 that were kind of losing. I would even go to say, and I said that this morning, Whisper was absurdly strong. Luke Smith admitted that it was too strong, but at least Whisper required you to be aware of Whisper breathing. You had to hit your shots. You had to be aware of the enemy moving. You know, you do it on Scourge or something. There's rhythm there. There's there's different buffs being being distributed and you got to move around. So, they could no longer create boss damage cycles if we're all just going to basically stand in a circle and just empty our weapons. The example I gave this morning is, if I could get myself set up in the well and aimed and then hand the controller to my five-year-old daughter and tell her just to pull the trigger and she melts a boss along with the rest of my team, like that's not... You couldn't do that in previous raids. Even though Dark Drinker was really strong, even though Starfire with Fusions was really strong with Viking Funeral or Sleeper was really strong, it at least required you to move, to aim, to have awareness. This requires nothing. It, it is absurdly lazy as a damage phase, and you don't want them to create content for this. If they start creating content for this, they're going to go the likes of like immunity, health pools that are absurdly high. So you're just basically, ba- if you make a health pools really high, you basically tell people they have to play this way. Oh, just buff everything else. If everybody's using grenade launchers, grenade launchers aren't even really the issue. Grenade launchers exposed the over effectiveness the over realized nature of never having to reload and i'm not satisfied yet keep in mind another thing that i think here this is step number one they still need to make rocket launchers significantly better i think linear fusions and swords could probably afford just to become energy weapons and if you make rocket launchers significantly better and you bring back machine guns to where they once were because they're not really good anymore either rocket launchers machine guns grenade launchers maybe heavy snipers maybe this heavy bow and then you got things like 1k and other things that are that are down there as well i think that would make the power slot more consistent and it would play really well with this change. You got to be smart about when you use your power ammo and how instead of just sitting in a well and emptying. And again, keep in mind, I do not like jumping in with the argumentation in the group that says, if we're too strong, it trivializes the content in the challenge. Okay. I don't like getting on that train, but I do think. And right in this context, it was thoughtless. And as I said at the beginning of this talk, strength and power, I think, is best felt in contexts where you feel challenged instead of running over everything mindlessly. Like I said, going through a game and just one-shotting everything is mathematically very strong. That's a lot of power. But if you're not challenged, that power is not felt. You're almost numb to it. Now, I'm hoping they can give other heavies footing while leaving grenade launchers alone, and that would put us in a much greater place. This also puts Mountaintop in its place. This is another thing that this is doing. Mountaintop, you don't want Mountaintop mess with. It was really, really hard to get. People are really enjoying it. It's really, really strong in Crucible. We can have an argument about, you know, Recluse-Mountaintop combination being absurd. We We can talk about that, but... Mountaintop is now put in its proper place as a pinnacle PvP weapon and not a boss killer because that was one of the main reasons Mountaintop became a runaway DPS machine in PvE content was because of this you can never have to reload your weapon you can sit there and shoot over and over again I don't want damage gates and I don't want weapon nerfs and this 
never having to reload Luna Faction Rift and Rally Barricade situation was going to require something along those lines. A weapon nerf to grenade launchers, which would have been really frustrating because they just got good, or, or damage gates. That's what they did to machine guns. Machine guns finally came back and were really, really good, and then they were almost immediately nerfed, and that's really, really frustrating. I think it's time to start raising the power of the weapons, limit how often we can do damage, kind of how they did at Axis, and limit how much damage and how fast damage we can do in short amounts of time. Lastly, context is key. One of the main things people are losing in this debate is... Oh, they're taking power from us. They're they're invalidating rally barricade. This is absurd. Okay, track with me here. Okay, we got to remember how far Destiny Two has come. When did they update the Luna factions and rally barricade? Do you remember when they did that? It was at a time where we felt insanely weak. Okay, Luna factions, rifts, rally barricade were born at a time where we felt weak, and they had double primary. If you think meeting pain points of double primary weak meta of Destiny can just stay for forever as we get to now, I think you're sort of being un- unreasonable, okay? When you look at the way that we can do damage now, and you look at the potential builds that we're going to have with Armor 2.0, introducing new weapons, introducing stronger weapons, if those are things we want to have happen, you can't allow us to have something that was introduced a long time ago in a context of lacking power. We don't lack power anymore, which means the context for these items and these abilities no longer exists, which is why they're being seen to be too strong. If you don't have this perspective it just starts to feel like they're taking away our power they're taking away my fun toys but you've got to remember right now we're on the precipice of them giving the most customization control we've ever had with armor 2.0 if we want more perks and potentially like a weapons 2.0 system i don't want to craft guns but more investment for weapons maybe stronger weapons maybe maybe more perks if you want that and you want to go there we can't drag with us all the way there something that was added back when we were leaving Warmind and we felt weak and we had to they had to buff the and change tractor cannon and they gave us Ikalash shotgun these things were delivered at a time where we were incredibly weak and they can't stay for forever or it'll ruin the potential future insolvency and power that we might be getting around the corner I would like to see other abilities exotics and heavies made stronger these were overshadowing everything because they were delivered at a time when we were really really weak as with all of my content if you're listening or watching in all the other locations come in live click the link below we're about to go to Q&A please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Luna Faction and Rally Barricade nerf. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me right now at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. There's a link below in the description. Click on that. Come in and hang out. If I'm not live, you can follow. If you're listening or watching in the other locations, hit like, subscribe, and sharing these is a great way to support me as well. Let's jump in right into the questions here. Uh, Severed, Severed Edge says, do you think Izanagi's Burden will be a viable DPS weapon with the sniper reloader perks and the rework of rally barricade and luna faction boots i honestly don't know the the, the general problem with snipers right now as a dps weapon or as you're saying the izanagi's burden my only concern there would be that you're limiting the rest of your loadout to run izanagi's um so depending on the engagement and the encounter you could you could add izanagi's in there as an, as, a, as an addition to your DPS, I generally think grenade launchers are still going to be big. I'm hoping for rocket launcher buffs and machine gun buffs to bring them into the pool as well for really, really good damage. So, Izanagi will definitely be a part of the equation. Um, 
because you're buffing reload instead of just reloading the gun. Um, but again, you got to consider the encounters because somebody in chat saying, you know, you could run Recluse, Izanagi, and Heavy. That's a great build, but in some places you might not want that. You're going to really maybe miss your shotgun. You might miss your fusion. You might miss your trace rifle. Whatever it is that you happen to be running at the time, um, you might you might feel, Ooh, I don't know, this isn't good enough. Like I, The damage I'm getting from Izanagi is great, but what am I trading in order to get it? Uh, it's from the freezer, babe. Don't worry about it. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll go away. Commander Tyke says what weapons do you think will rise with the new luna uh and barricade i can already see izanagi yeah this one's just like the last question i agree i think izanagi's will definitely rear its head in the right encounters i agree especially if there's a nice big fat crit spot you can shoot i could definitely see somebody doing that anna ray uh senpai says with auto reloading not being a thing anymore do you think some weapon types might need to get tuned to accommodate this change rocket launchers will be even worse special ammo grenade launchers uh with one of the mag could go from dps kings to trash well for starters i don't think that special ammo grenade launchers were ever meant to be dps machines and especially not the mountaintop so in my talk i actually said this is going to put this is going to put Mountaintop in its place. It's not supposed to be a god killer. That that that's not that's not what it's supposed to be. Now, I don't I also don't think like Orwing's Mall and any of the other ones are meant to be like DPS kings. I do agree with you that rocket launchers need tons of help and machine guns need a little help as well. Machine guns aren't really affected by this. They generally have pretty deep, you know, pretty large magazines. But I do think machine guns need brought back up. I think they got hit too hard. And I think rocket launchers need two in the chamber. And I think rocket launchers need their base reload stats increased because they just do not have any footing at all on the, the landscape of, of damage. They just they can't keep up with virtually anything. Um, and since there's an exotic rocket launcher coming with really cool things that it does, my hope would be that that would be getting some treatment. Rocket launchers would be getting some treatment to kind of help that. Now, I know people are like, well, single rocket damage was raised, Lono. Yeah, and they also took damage away from clusters in order to pull that off. So, I, they, they need to do more with rockets than what they did. What they did didn't really solve anything. It made them viable for, like, garden variety content. But the minute you go into a DPS check, rockets are not even a part of the equation. No Step Snack with a brand new sub and nine months from Spencer. Thank you. No Step, thanks for the brand new one. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on my channel. Subs do not see ads. They got a little too disruptive, so I turned that on for you guys. 1,100 bits from Old Stick Butter. Thank you. Another Prime sub from Scub Scum Bagnet. Thank you so much, Scum, for your Prime sub. Enjoy all the dope stuff and the ad-free viewing. And we got Borderlands 3 emotes coming for you guys next week. That should be exciting. Um... Yeah, rocket launchers need help. Machine guns need raised. I still think linear, linear fusions and swords should be energy weapons. Now more than ever, I think that switch needs to happen. Void pill. Are the Lunas and Rallet Barricade nerfs going to actually do anything to the end game PVE meta? They will still work around native reload reload speed, just not to the degree that they were pre-nerf. It seems to me that they'll still be the top DPS option for raid bosses as an example, but for requiring a little bit more work than now. We just have to see. There's other exotics getting introduced, like the Warlock exotic where you can get a damage buff to your Storm Trance for every ad that you kill. They may have encounters where that seems really, really smart. I mean, I'm just thinking like Reckoning. 
I don't know, man. The well's really nice, but it'd be nice if a warlock had that exotic. He could be taking out all the trash ads and then obliterating the majors when they show up because storm trance could get really strong. We don't know to what degree it gets strong. I'm speculating here, but there could be other builds and other things that emerge here out of the existing exotics. I tend to agree with you, though. I do think Luna Faction and Rally Barricades will still have a presence. I'm okay with Rally Barricades still being a part. Why the frick not? Why would you not put down something that slightly protects you and buffs your reload speed? Yeah, probably. You're just gonna run it. You don't really need towering. The only time we really used towering barricades was in the Riven fight, because we didn't want to have the ogres shooting us. That's generally one of the only places that's very contextual. Usually, usually, you're just gonna want to run Rally. Now, Luna Factions might be touch and go just depending on loadouts and other exotics and other things that you might want to run um it just depends presently there's nothing that a, that a warlock could put on that's probably going to replace luna except for maybe phoenix again depending on the encounter i i still think that increased reload speed is going to be so nice um, I, I don't think, again, the spirit of these items and the spirit of these abilities is being maintained. It's just being tempered down because it was absurd. And that's why I think people need to kind of calm down. They're not making it crap. They're, they're like, they're just toning it down a little bit. They were at volume 11. They're being toned down to like volume eight or nine. They're still going to be loud. They're still going to be proud. You know, my name is not shroud. Sorry. I want to see if I can get another rhyme out of that. And I couldn't, um, the Zombinator, Zombinator, I think. Uh, first time catching the stream, by the way. So, on to the question. Since we're losing the auto-reload, which I'm kind of happy about, do you think there should be any other changes along these lines? What are your thoughts? What will happen to Titans and Warlocks now? Well, number one, they said they made changes to almost all of the Void subclasses, so it'll be interesting to see what emerges as some PvE strategies, uh, maybe, for some of these other Void uh, subclasses. It could be good. Um, and then within the weapons as well, we don't really know what might emerge here because we've not seen the weapons. We've not seen any of these new exotics in action. I mean, I could imagine, let's just imagine a wizard, a big wizard boss. And one of her means of attack is she swarms you with those, those thrall, those black thrall. Well, that new warlock exotic, I mean, maybe it becomes meta for her. I don't know. Maybe you pop your storm trance, you damage those thrall all the way to her, you get some insane buff, and then by the time you get to her, the remainder of your storm trance does a really, really great bake on her. I, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think there's potential for other things to rise, but we, we've got to get into the content and see what are you demanding of the player? Where do we have to stand? Where are we going? How long can we do damage? How much damage can we do? And that's when other things might rise to the surface, especially some of these other void subclass changes and, and, and maybe some of these exotics. I don't know. I don't. I think Bungie's pivot here is smart. If they weaken it enough to make you consider using something else, that's good. You never want them to weaken it to the point where you're like, well, screw it, I'll take it off. Why even bother running Luna Factions? I'll just run Phoenix Protocol. You never want that to be the case. I don't feel like, I don't agree with some of the people in chat that have said they've used a sledgehammer, they've used a machete when they should have used a scalpel. I actually think, sorry for that alarm clock sound, I know that's triggering, I need to remove that song from the playlist. Um, I don't agree with that. I, I believe this is a very tasteful change, and it'll it'll keep the spirit of these items well in place and give them room to maybe move on other things. Dash, how do you think the new Luna Boots Rally Reload buff should bypass reload cap of Outlaw Feeding Frenzy and five times Rapid Hit? Oh, do I think it should? Here's the thing. 
I don't know the exact way. It's the end of the song, Milky, so that's not the right song. I don't know the exact way it worked in, in Taken King and in King's Fall, but I'll tell you this. I think, and somebody could prove me wrong or prove me right here, I think that the increased reload in the aura that we got in King's Fall, I'm fairly certain that went on top of my outlaw because I... What I did was, I ran, um, I ran, what was that? Angel's Advocate was a scout rifle with an absurd reload speed as its default reload speed. It also had Outlaw. I also had Gauntlets that gave me increased reload in the aura. I'm fairly certain all three of those buffs, or both those buffs were active. So I would use that Angel's Advocate, pop a headshot, and reload in the aura, and I mean, I'm not kidding you, my gun went like that. I was like, click, click. The gun just went up and down. It was the fastest. I think it was the fastest reload in all of Destiny 1. Um, there was no reload speed cap, if I recall. There's that video of the Titan reloading fusion rifle in literal fl- frames. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. So, yeah, I, I did it with an Angel's Advocate in King's Fall Raid all the time. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> it felt really cool. Because King's Fall had drawn back engagement. So you were like... Pow, 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 pow. And you're getting rid of all those those thrall and stuff from far away, and then you're just like click click and you're reloading really fast. Ooh, it was it felt really, really cool. So I would love it if this if this went on top. Here's the thing. If Rally Barricade and Lunas doesn't go doesn't buff reload on top of Outlaw and and, and, and Feeding Frenzy and, and your and your reload gauntlets, then your these these abilities have been murdered then. Almost everybody runs a reload for their favorite weapon. Almost everybody runs a, you know, uh, a weapon that has something that's helping the reload. It's very common. You're really gonna relegate these to the sidelines if they don't go on top. Reason I'm asking because with Shadowkeep, the most powerful buff will overpower the others. Though he was speaking specifically to damage buffs, though. I understand what you're saying. He's saying that like the gun buffs. I'm sorry, the damage buffs don't stack and the debuffs don't stack. I don't think that's... I, I think this is going to be another category. It's not a damage buff. So, that was that was you getting a multiplier on your damage to enact on the enemy. This is how fast are they reloading? Make it faster. I don't think it's going to... I don't think... And honestly, let's use your logic for a second. Outlaw could stack on top of Lunafaction Reload buff. Why? Because Rampage will stack on top of Well of Radiance damage buff. They said that. So if the weapon damage buff can stack on top of weapons of light or stack on top of well of radiance damage buff, then I would assume outlaw or feeding frenzy can stack on top of Luna Faction's reload buff. You know what I'm saying? I think the logic stands. I don't think that they're going to say it doesn't stack. I think they're going to say, no, it goes on top of outlaw. Skokterok. Based on what Luke was saying in the Director's Cut Part 2, getting the number of powerful sources closer to Forsaken launch levels, what powerful sources would you expect or want to be removed come Shadowkeep? I really don't know how I land on this. I don't know if I like the idea of them reaching in the game and limiting the the powerful sources that we have. Um, I don't know if I like that. I like the freedom to go into multiple areas uh, and, and do different things as long as there's intentionality. I don't know if I agree with Luke's assessment that there's too many powerful sources. I don't. I don't think I agree with that assessment. Um, I don't. I don't think I agree with that. 
when I look at the problem of power leveling in Destiny, I don't think I ever said this or anybody that agree with me. I don't know if we ever said, there's just too many sources for power. We never said that. We said, the only way to level is to do a milestone. And I got no clue what I'm going to get from the milestone. So five Crucible matches is a heck of an investment. Three Gambit matches is a heck of an investment. And I may get absolutely nothing from it to help me. That's what we said. We never said, oh, the horror. There's just too many powerful sources. We said, there's no intentionality. That was our problem. It, yeah, it was, it, was never, it was never the number. So for Luke to pinpoint that as a problem, I, I, I don't agree with him. I don't. I'm like, dude, it's fine if there's that many sources. In fact, the number of sources was a protection against bad RNG sometimes. You know, you're like, oh, well, no worries. I got eight other milestones to run. So I, I don't know. If they limit powerful sources, if you turn that dial down, you better sure as frick turn up the dial on intentionality. If you limit my powerful sources week to week, you you better <laughs> you better increase my intentionality. Ninja by Chevy. Now, come on, it's stream delay. I said it before he typed it, dadgummit. <laughs> Ecal the Great. Thoughts on Luna's still working on primaries. Outbreak is the only a problem I can think, however. It's a stealth nerf to sweep business and a minor PvP strat. What the frick are you talking about? Thoughts on Luna's still working on primaries? What do you mean? I don't understand your question. Commander Tyke. What will Bungie do with the armor from past seasons? Vanguard, Crucible, and Iron Banner. Maybe make them as ornaments. I have no idea. I have no idea. I think we've got a lot of questions about old gear, new gear, what's dropping, where it's dropping. I don't know if they're going to give us specificity before Shadowkeep drops. What about a Vanguard set that's not vanilla? Because it looks like you're going to be getting the vanilla sets from Crucible and Vanguard. They're bringing them back, and you'll be able to get them as armor 2.0. All all armor that drops and is earnable in Shadowkeep and beyond is armor 2.0. But I don't know what's going to happen to, like, year one vanguard armor ain't the same as year two year one crucible armor ain't the same as year two so like what are they going to do what are they going to look can you get both can you buy both i i don't know can you get both and then use them as ornaments on each other i i don't know anna ray senpai what do you think will become of the dps meta i'm thinking either swords because they have no reload or running multiple weapons with auto loading holster and cycling between them Oh, frick. Okay, yeah, swords. Dadgummit. I didn't think about this, because there's no reload time on swords. Yeah, maybe. Maybe swords rise to prominence because of this, because swords just are I just don't feel like swords are very strong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe as long as the boss doesn't stomp. But I'm thinking of bosses like the Scourge boss or Crown of Sorrow boss. You can't really use a sword on that boss. They have a crit spot that's at, you know, two stories in the air. Um, so I don't think you can do that. Like, what are you going to do? Like, ha- hack at their heels. That's not going to do anything. Um, you'd have to you'd have to really, 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 really be able to buff the sword damage output in order to make up the fact that you're not shooting them in their eyeball. Um, so I still think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to always be banging on this drum. I think sword should be energy weapons. I think linear right linear fusion rifles should be energy weapons. They don't make sense as power weapons. Linear fusions make literally zero sense as a power weapon. Well, but what about gambit? I did. They don't make any sense as as as, as a power weapon. I 
they're they're so they're just weak and ineffective and they look so cool and they're such a cool concept i'll tell you what i'll tell you what you change linear fusions to fusion rails to fusion rail guns and they shoot immediately and they might work as a power weapon it's the charge up time that just jacks them up um i don't know the charge up time just completely jacks up their efficiency it just takes too long they don't have the right kind of perks either um I don't know. Black Talon, yeah, they could dumb it down and it would still be a great exotic in the energy slot or leave it down there. I don't know. Uh, swords make more sense as an energy weapon. They just do. I, they're, they're just not... And you can see this in the way we've killed bosses before. You use swords on Axis, but only because a very unique way that he received damage and the animation, the heavy swing animation... We weren't using swords anywhere else like that. You'd use Ray's Lighter for the um, the Death Singer challenge because it was really, really good for the knights. The knights were the main pain point. And it was really good to take them out fast. But outside of that, you weren't using swords on bosses in D1. You used Crota's sword on himself. But that's like an it's like that's like a relic with its own damage thresholds. Like you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I just feel like swords are better suited in the energy slot. It just, to me, it makes, there's so much sense made there when I see that. So it's a gut-busting shotgun replacer. Uh, sexy power. I don't think armor set perks are a scalable system, which is why Bungie chose to use mods instead. Vault and inventory space needed. How would you incentivize using these mods on raid gear as opposed to other armor? I would suggest making them energy agnostic mods with a reduced or no energy cost. I think raid, in the screenshots we've seen of the raid mods, aren't they zero cost? I think they do have a, an energy, they have an energy affinity. Um, but aren't they, I think there's, are they zero cost or just a one? I can't remember now. There, there is a screenshot of a raid mod. I can't, I can't remember what the cost was on the energy. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm fine with the mod system because I haven't interacted with it yet. And I think it looks good. I think it gives us, um, I think it gives us intentionality, but, oh, they do have an energy cost. Oh, it was one. That's not bad. I, in general, I think raid armor's biggest downfall is not, is not mods it's a lack of intrinsic perk so uh, we've we've ranted and raved about this for a long time so i don't want to beat the dead horse if you saw my raid my raid wish list video I, the perks i got on wrath of the machine armor were cool and they were a nice sprinkling but i didn't feel like i simply had to run a wrath of the machine armor set I didn't need the increased resilience when holding a charge i didn't need the increased agility when holding a, a scorch cannon i didn't need it but it was cool. It felt nice. Like we, come on, get creative. Do something. Like you know, I. In imagine if in Crown of Sorrow it would be like increase resilience to enemies that are immune to your attacks. So it makes you a little bit more resilient when something's shooting you and you can't shoot back. That, that's 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 cool. But you don't need it. Like you would be like, oh, that's nice, cool. Gauntlets. You know, increased chance of heavy from rapid crit kills. That That's okay. That's not going to change anything. That's just a little something. A little something to make you feel like, oh, I got a little something on my raid armor when I'm in the raid. 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with them being like, well, we, we, people felt pigeonholed and they had to run the raid armor. I'm like, who the frick did you talk to? I don't think anybody was saying that. I just had to run wrath armor. It really hurt my, my player autonomy. Nobody was saying that. You could run whatever the frick you wanted. When I ran Starfire Protocol, I wasn't like, well, I'm a weakling now because I took off my raid armor. It were light, light sprinkles of benefits. I just think that when when they do that, it adds a layer of coolness to the loot and the raid and the identity and the theme, and we've lost that. Raids are in a really weird spot right now. I just I don't like to be Debbie Downer, but I just I feel like they're they're making an amazing pizza and they're not cooking it all the way through. Like that's the image I'm gonna give you. Like, look at this pizza. It's incredible. It's beautiful. The the distribution of the ingredients is immaculate. And they don't cook it all the way through. You're like, what did you do that for? It's all doughy and chewy. Like, that's the way the raids feel. They're immaculate. They're beautiful. The encounters are cool. And they don't cook it all the way through. And you're like, where's the loot? Why am I going to do this? Where's the cool guns? Where's the cool armor? This is a pinnacle, aspirational piece of content. Like, what is going on? I mean, that, that's, that, that's, I'm going to go to that analogy from here on out. That just came to me. Like, that's the way raids have been treated in D2. They're beautifully designed and crafted pizzas that they don't cook all the way through. And so it ends up feeling like a wasted, a wasted opportunity. The raid team builds these amazing encounters and they look awesome and they're so cool and even the aesthetic of the gear is awesome but then they just fall flat. It's like, well, where's the good stuff? Like, it just doesn't matter. What, what is this? Rather than the machine, you know, you get all these amazing weapons and armor perks and the armor looks cool. Where is the spirit of that? What happened? You know? What happened? I go into Menagerie and I'm like, oh, these guns are awesome. I can get great rolls on these. I have intentionality about these 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 armor pieces and I can get enhanced perks on them. You just invalidated the entire freaking raid. You know? So, I don't want to beat that dead horse. So I, I, I've gone on that rant a lot and I, I don't want to get stuck there. So, if you guys are new and you trickled in and you, it's your first time ever being here, thank you for being here. Uh, please click the follow button if you're enjoying the vibe. Uh, I know a lot of people... You guys are going to hear me say this quite a bit leading up to Shadowkeep. A lot of people have kind of come back around and are checking out my account again. Uh, over the last year, I've made a lot of personal changes in my life, and I've uh, the vibe in the stream has changed. And uh, a lot of people are giving me a second chance. And they're like, oh, it's really it's really different in here. I, I was it's pretty snippy and pretty whiny and pretty curt and rude to people, and I'm trying to tone that down. So if you're, if you're coming back around, thank you. I appreciate it. There's been a lot of people doing that lately, and it's really fun with that as a lead-up to Borderlands 3 and Shadowkeep. So thanks for being here. G-Money. Do you think auto-loading holster will become a much more sought-after perk? Um, yeah. I mean, auto-loading, auto, auto-loading holster is cocoon. And if you remember, if you remember Cocoon, if you remember Cocoon, you're an OG. Chevy doesn't know what Cocoon is, guys. You might have to help him out. <clears throat> he didn't play D1. Lono sip. So yeah, I, I think auto loading holster could become more sought after. I actually love. There's a couple of perks I love that a lot of people I think overlook. Auto loading holster is one of them, and I also really really like Genesis. Uh, uh, Genesis. Genesis, right? Yeah, Genesis. Um. I really do. I really think those are two perks that people kind of ignore. I have a Genesis Badlander, and I love, I absolutely love running it. There's something so cool about charging a captain and knowing this guy's mine. Boom, and my gun reloads itself. It's also fun seeing a captain and fighting my way to him. Boom, 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 boom. I save one shot for him. Boom, my gun's reloaded. Like, 
I think Genesis gets overlooked by a lot of people because of Trench Barrel. I think if Trench Barrel didn't exist, I, I think that Genesis would be a hotly sought after perk on shotguns in conjunction with auto loading. Um, and, and field prep. Yeah, field prep. I just don't like field prep for, for a gut buster because you got to crouch, but field prep could be good on heavy weapons too. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Guys. Can, can can a grenade launcher drop with spike nades and field prep? Is that a possible role? Because I feel like that's going to be meta. If you get a grenade launcher with spike and field prep, you could basically just crouch in a Luna faction well, and that's probably going to be meta in the next era of Destiny. I would start doing that right now if you can. If you can grind for anything, you're going to want to be on the lookout for a spike nade grenade launcher with field prep. Then you just crouch for your damage phases. And then when Luna Faction rifts or Rally Barricade... Well, Rally Barricade might be a little bit harder because I don't know if you could crouch and get the benefit. You might start clipping it and shooting it. But a Luna Faction well will then buff the field prep reload as well. Um, yeah, that's going to be so fast. This might not really this might not really nerf grenade launchers that much. We'll have to wait and see. That's going to be super, super fast. Um... <laughs> It's going to be super fast. That would be a great roll on a rocket launcher then. An impact impact what's what's the perk on rockets? You would want clusters with what's the thing? What's the perk on rockets? Impact something. Uh direct impact gets increased damage. Um and field prep. Impact casing. So a god roll rocket going into this meta that you're probably going to keep your eyes open to for as well would be impact casing, field prep, cluster bombs and then you could sit in a luna faction well and if they give rockets a buff rockets could become meta because you're going to shoot reload really fast shoot we'll have to do some testing here in a little bit with what field prep does to a rocket because that could be if that gets buffed by lunas it could bring rockets up if they can make rockets out have higher uh, potential dps thresholds than a grenade launcher which i would kind of argue for that since you have way less ammo i feel like a rocket launcher should be able to out dps a, a grenade launcher um so field prep's already meta for grenade launchers and rockets yeah a lot of you probably already have these roles you're like this guy's a freaking idiot i already have that well field prep becomes a little bit invalidated by by lunas and rally um so cruxley with all the outrage over armor reskins do you think bungie would ever bring back fun raid mechanics from the past oryx bombs and the shade axis empowerment and cancer i skip a question um, nope, I didn't. Uh, I personally would love to see this, but I fear it would be met with the same hostility. No, I don't think people would meet this with hostility. I have continued to say you need to take the Oryx fight and you need to take the Axis fight and just start making babies. That's what boss fights should be like. I have continued to say that. They both strike at really, really good chords. I don't want a bunch of Oryx fights, and I don't want a bunch of Axis fights. Take threads and inspiration from both and start cranking out babies. That's your ra- those are your boss fights. Those are your those are your raid boss fights. Those mechanics are spot on. They're thoughtful. The bombs and then light eater knights. Ooh, mmm, that's so nice. That's such a nice touch. <laughs> such a nice touch. I oh, I love. There was something so special. You guys probably get tired of hearing me say this. There was something special about King's Fall because they designed hard first and they dialed back mechanics for normal. If we could just get back there, I just, I think, I think we've lost our way. I think we've lost our way with, with, um, 
with raid design. I really do. I think they could have taken Crown of Sorrow and Scourge up to make them a little bit harder. Uh, you know, there could have been mechanical things that disrupt what you're working on, try to steal the bombs from you, try to steal your blessing from you. Like, there could be all kind of things in those raids to add some mechanical pain to make you move a little bit more. There was just something so nice about that. The Light Eater Knights encapsulate. It's like a microcosm of the idea. Add that extra pain. Make me think differently about my strat. Disrupt. Disrupt the established order. This works so well for normal, but this isn't working anymore. We got to try something different. Why are you up top? Oh, that was my favorite. I loved, and I got way too argumentative and, and got salty about this. I love debating with people about why we went up top in the orcs fight. I absolutely love that. They didn't understand the geometry that I applied and the math and more open lanes and blah blah blah. Just go down in the middle, it's safer. Like they, they didn't get it. It was those were my favorite debates because that fight required us to make a shift and a change because we kept dying in the middle. We would step we would step out of the bubble and we would get annihilated by like gunfire and the and the sent in the centurions like tracking orbs and you couldn't see the knights as easily. There was stuff in the way and the angles were more narrow. Um I I'm telling you that Light Eater Knights is just a beautiful, beautiful example of mechanical pain being applied to a team that made it harder, but it didn't feel unfair. It didn't feel like a delta. It didn't feel cheap. Light Eater Knights, man, mm, so good. I love it. I just, I, I think fondly on some of the things they did between King's Fall and Wrath. King's Fall, if, if, you, took, if you took the weapon uniqueness out of wrath um if you took that out of wrath and you put it into king's fall you made the weapons way way better in king's fall and if you added that internal currency in the extra chest you know i could like rerun wrath and get currency king's fall would be the absolute greatest raid ever created in in destiny the only reason king's fall can't take the crown is because the loot sucked um and then that internal currency and re-rolling armor and the extra chests and wrath was such a good improvement and such a good value point. Again, I don't, I don't know why we've lost that. But if you took if you took that system in wrath and shoved it in Kingsfall, holy frick, Kingsfall would be perfect. It's so close to being perfect. Um, you love the loot? Oh, I love the armor sets, but the guns were absolute trash. You had the Yasmin and the machine gun. That's it. All the primaries were outdone by primaries you could get in the tower. The primaries were garbage. I mean, the pulse was de- the pulse was good, but again, it was outdone by other pulses. PDX 45, Hawksaw, there were plenty of other pulses that just completely out outperformed it. Um, the King's Fall, King's Fall, Scout outdone, hand cannon garbage, shotgun garbage, fusion no, not worth it. It 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 most. Most of the most of the the guns in there were mediocre or bad, um, and then you had like the Yasmin, the machine gun, and then you could maybe say the Pulse. You should never say like, "Oh, it was good." It should be like, "No, this was a top performer. This was top of the pyramid." It was good because it could roll Firefly, though. The Pulse was nice, but I'm telling you, if you use that Pulse, then use like a PDX 45 or a Hawksaw, you you saw the light. You're like, "Yeah, the Pulse ain't that good." It didn't it didn't keep up with those. Um, and then the clever dragon came out, <laughs> and then and then the grasp of Malak came out, <laughs> and then it, and then it is over, and then it is over. G Fuel, hey, how are you? Thanks for the sub, G Fuel. 
Appreciate you. Make sure and use code LONO, guys, when you order G Fuel. And uh, the new banana, the strawberry banana flavor is is awesome. It's, it's awesome. Ash and Hollow. Any encounters come to mind that may be reworked because of the nerf? Also unrelated, but should Blackout be removed? Yeah, I made a comment last night on Reddit. Blackout is the new... Blackout has become the new glass. I hate it. And somebody said, it just makes me skip the encounter for 24 hours. And I'm like, yep. Yep. Yeah, it's awful. Blackout's terrible. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't change... How do I want to phrase this? I want this to be intelligent and helpful. I don't want to just bash on Blackout, okay? When you're... You've got something that says, oh, increase damage when you're in the air. You're like, okay, I'll jump less. I'll strategize my movement differently. When they're like, hey, it's heavyweight, or hey, it's this burn. You're like, okay, I'll use these weapons. I'll do different things. Grenadier, brawler. It changes your loadout and therefore changes your engagement. Blackout and glass turns you into a coward like you can't you don't have like a recourse it's it it's awful like what am i gonna do i'm gonna hide i'm gonna backpedal like <laughs> you know that was a criticism of a uh, of uh, borderlands one borderlands one was just a lot of backpedaling you didn't have a lot of options to, like stun enemies or stop enemies and you couldn't kind of hold your ground and face tank you just had to do a lot of backpedaling in borderlands one and that was something they addressed in borderlands two they kind of empowered you to kind of hold your ground maintain the enemy you had phase lock and other things so you could kind of face tank a little bit more kind of hold your ground um in Borderlands 2. And I feel like the result of glass and the result of blackout are very similar hide hold like run away like be a coward like i i just i do think and somebody might say well isn't that a change in strategy lono aren't you playing differently no like when you change a modifier and i change my loadout or i do something to buff my grenades or my melee because like i want to be genji or i, I want to throw grenades like crazy or i want to take advantage of heavyweight and the, and, the, and the burn that's different. I'm changing my loadout and I'm leaning into the modifier in a way to capitalize on it. Modifiers should be something that adjust gameplay and can be wielded with, with, like, with power instead of, this sucks, I want out of here. This is awful, I have to hide. I don't think the spirit of a modifier should do that. Now, Bungie may disagree and say, well, our philosophy for modifiers is that sometimes it feels really painful and frustrating. My pushback is, Okay, fine, but then your engagement goes down anytime those modifiers show up. So, is it really worth doing? That philosophy is fine. If that's your philosophy and you're like, yeah, sometimes we want it to be like a total nut crusher. Cool, but then people don't play, so what? Everything shouldn't be easy, Lono. If you want aspirational content to be really hard, you have three difficulty settings for Nightfall, three difficulty settings for Nightmare Hunts, you have Raid, you have Contest Modifier. You don't need to do this to garden variety content like Reckoning and Strikes. You see what I'm saying? It just, it, it, it isn't it isn't good. I feel like I, that's a decent argument against it. I also feel like people just hate it. So if the community is saying they hate it, Who's defending Blackout? I love it! You know, get that guy, put a muzzle on him. Nobody's saying <laughs> that they like Blackout. So, I would I would say, get it the frick out. Yeah, bring back Rainbow Burn. Bring back, what was the, what was it called when it was Mayhem and Strikes? Oh, uh, Daybreak? Was it Daybreak? Is that what it was called? Yes, it was Daybreak. 
Oh, come on! Rainbow Burn and Daybreak! Oh, it made it fun! It made it fun! It, it, the, the strikes took on a whole new meaning and a whole new feeling. Bring that back. And if you bring back Rainbow Burn, give us real, true elemental primaries. Not this elemental primary down in the energy slot crap. Give me real elemental primaries so I can run all three elements. Give me, give me that back. Give it to me. I want it. I want it back. You took it from me. I want it back. I want that back. I want Rainbow Burn back, and I want three elements. on. I want all three guns that have an element. Elemental primaries are not going to break the game. All they do is pop shields. Give them back to us. I, de- I demand it. I mean, I think it was just a good... I think it brought something really special. And that's the goal, right? I think the goal of a modifier is to do that. It's to modify meat and potatoes content so it feels different week to week. That's the spirit of a modifier. The spirit of a modifier is not to de-incentivize engagement. It's to say, it's different. You do this with your loadout. This is the theme this week. People getting out Zalo. People getting out this. People. That's what a modifier is supposed to do so we don't get bored. A modifier is not supposed to be like, if you're going to come in here it's gonna be hell hopefully you like it like i just i don't think that has a place in your garden variety meat and potatoes content it feels grossly out of place and that happened in d1 do you guys remember the saber strike do you remember the saber strike with arc burn and it wasn't small arms it was the other one specialist because <laughs> the wire rifles register as a secondary weapon. So specialist and arc burn was rage inducing because the actual boss was easier than the opener. You'd be sitting on those stupid war sats and the ship would come in and a vandal would one shot you with his arc wire rifle <laughs> from the ship, from the ship. They would kill you from the ship chat. You don't know pain. You think blackouts, but you don't, you know nothing, John. So you don't know pain until you experienced Saber Nightfall with Arc Specialist. That was, you would, you would break your controller. It was rough. (laughs) It was rough. But I think that was a time where modifiers like sort of showed themselves to not be a perfect one size fits all solution. Um, for making things fun, it could kind of work against the design of that encounter. Like the Shanks could destroy you with Arc Burn in um, Wretched Eye. Oh, I was tilted week one when Wretched Eye got introduced. It was the Nightfall and it had Arc Burn on. Ooh, I was ranting and raving. I was furious. That was so frustrating. I was very angry. Um, That was not fun. Yeah, Solar on Shield Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heron plays with five months. Thank you. But again, but again, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We remember those moments because those were like standout moments. You're like, if just the right modifier combinations come up and it's Saber, you you, you hated it, right? Blackout's like always bad. There's never a time, because somebody could be like, yeah, Arc Specialist was really frustrating in Saber, but it was really fun in this strike. Do you see the difference? Arc burn's really frustrating on Wretched Eye, but it's actually really fun in this in this strike. Blackout, it's just bad all the time. Nobody's like, yeah, 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 Blackout's bad in Reckoning, but it really adds some spice to strikes. No, it doesn't. It's horrible. And so is Glass. Listen, we are god killers. Stop turning us into tissue paper to make things challenging. 
Just use modifiers like season salt to sprinkle and change the flavor of the meal. And if you want to make things really, really hard, you've got your dungeons, your secret exotic quests like Whisper, and your raids. That's where you can kick me in the teeth. Don't do it to me in strikes and reckoning. It just feels completely out of place. But tier 3 reckoning is supposed to be challenging. There's other ways to pull that off. Making me hide behind boxes and run away is not satisfying content. Yes, I've got my build, I've got my gear, I've got my exotics, I'm ready to go in here and run like a pansy and hide like a wuss. Like, I just, I don't, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't feel like the the, the culmination and the, and the, and the, the climax of our experience like that's what we should go do when you go into raids and you feel that pain and that frustration it's usually because of a mechanic team synergy you're not doing enough damage it's not i better hide better i better run away better it's just blackout and glass don't work that's a long rant about this but i i genuinely think there needs to be a shift in philosophy about modifiers somebody in chat said should specialists and 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 small arms come back. Yeah, because it could lead to cool combinations. They suddenly make kinetic weapons really, really strong. Who knows what you might come up with? Well, everybody would run mountaintop. But like, you know what I'm saying? I think you know what I'm saying, chat. Evil the Waffler. Personally, I feel one of two things will happen with a nerf. Either they nerfed it into the ground and thus no one will ever use them again, or they're hardly nerfed and they'll still be the only thing you use. Which will happen? Can Bungie balance them? Here's the danger. You don't want to nerf them into the ground. You don't want to break the train so people put the train down. That's our analogy, right? Don't come into the room and break the train. Well, you know, everybody's playing with the same train. Nobody's playing with the toys over here. Well, put better toys in the freaking room. If it's if it's a train and over there you got blocks, I'm going to play with the train all day long. Don't break the train. Why well, I might as well play with the blocks. Train doesn't even work anymore. Frick. Like, that's not the way you do it. Lowering lowering them into this into this area they're being lowered I think is, is number one I think it's 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 more careful and measured and number two I think they can make other things maybe function in that vein so if you take it off you don't feel like you're betraying your team's DPS design there's other things you might be able to run that's the real goal here you gotta lower things down into a lane and then fill that lane with options you've got this outlier it's just, it's way out there. It's, all, it's so high up in, in being really, really good and really, really strong. And everything else is down here, right? I'm not saying pull that down here. I'm saying pull it down kind of in the middle. Take these other things that are weaker and raise them up. They said that they're they're changing some of the other subclasses. We're seeing some exotics come out that might make other builds and other ideas more solvent and strong than just running Lunafaction all the time. We'll see. The, the end goal is not to have everybody saying, well, Rally Barricade's worthless, Lunafaction's worthless. That's not what you want to have people saying. You want to have people saying, okay, it's still good, but this might be better in this instance. This is still good, but this might be really, really viable in this certain area with these certain modifiers or this certain activity. We're just, every single, every single encounter, it's, bink, there's, there's your well, and everybody knows what to do. I mean, it's like we were doing EP yesterday and some guy did it. And I stood in his well and I just knew I'm not going to have to reload. And I just sat there with my recluse and held the button down. We, I wasn't playing with that guy. We didn't like strategize. Hey, what should we do for this boss? Shut the frick up. I'm listening to music. We're going to put a well down, idiot. Like, that's it. That's that's your experience. It's like there's no, there's no need to plan. <laughs> there's no need to plan and synergize. That's just it. Just throw the well down. So... It just isn't necessary. 
if you guys are new here, thank you for being here. Uh, having a really good time leading up to Shadowkeep with you. There's been a big, big sort of resurgence of people tuning in every day. I really appreciate it. If it's your first time here, or if you're somebody coming back and you're kind of giving me a second chance, uh, my content for a while there got kind of salty and wasn't that great. I'm trying to change the vibe. I've kind of changed as a person. If you're enjoying yourself and it's your first time here, your first time back in a while, thanks for being here. Be sure to click the follow button. Thanks, everybody, for making this, I don't know, these these last couple, the days, last couple of weeks and vibes have been, it's been awesome. Uh, I thought it was free. It says, do you believe that nerfs must happen because the power is going to be distributed over greater areas? Armor 2.0 artifacts. Um, well, this is another thread of the conversation that I didn't highlight too greatly. It was at the end of my video. I basically said, if you want grenade launchers left alone and you want machine guns to be brought up and rocket launchers to be brought up, if you want armor 2.0 to be awesome, if you eventually want to get to a place where there's like a weapons 2.0, we can't drag this along with us. Like, Luna Factions and Rally Barricade, when they buffed them, it was at a time where we weren't powerful. They're trying to give us more powerful, as you're saying. They're trying to distribute it over a lot of areas. And this is why that's so important. Thank you for the resub, uh, Immaculate, for 14 months. Here's why that's so important. If power is more evenly distributed across your loadout, then your freedom and your choices don't feel slightly or even more overtly coerced into very predictable builds. Like, does that make sense? If if they give us all this freedom in Armor 2.0 and all these things we're supposed to experiment with and try out, different exotics, different abilities, different complementary builds, if they do all that and then they leave this stuff alone, it's kind of like, it's all for naught. Who gives a frick what loadout you run? Throw the well down and let's bake this idiot with a grenade launcher. You see what I'm saying? You've got to take, you have to take the, the power and spread it out more so then if somebody decides to spend a bunch of power in this bank over here for their loadout and I'm spending it in this bank we're both powerful and awesome but it's an extension of our choice and our own personal decisions I, I, think, I think I'm making sense that seems kind of complicated but the idea is your loadout can be grossly different than mine it can be vastly different than mine and we're both we're both doing a good job and contributing to the team's synergy and power and everything. And that's, that's why this kind of needs to happen. Everyone's like, you're just, we just buff other stuff. Just buff other stuff. Sometimes it's not that simple. Buffing the entire team's ability to like not reload. Like what the frick? That's six people just shooting an absurd level of DPS, your damage per second with never having to reload, it's just absurd. There's no way to beat that. You can give us armor 2.0 and loadout freedom and perk freedom all you want. People are just going to do that. And here's why people are like, well, they should have just nerfed grenade launchers. Listen, something would have just taken their place. If I can just, if I can keep doing this with Luna's and uh, Luna's well and Rally Barricade, what you're doing is, uh, picture picture with me here. Okay, Dark Apollo with 34 months. Thank you. You're getting close to three years, man. I appreciate it. I want you to picture a Luna faction well as like a weed whacker and it spins really freaking fast. And this weed whacker can just, it's crazy. You could mow your lawn with it. Okay. So picture the well as this insanely fast spinning weed whacker. It doesn't matter what you throw into it. You could use like, what are the spokes that come off of it? We'll call them spokes. You could use red spokes, green spokes, 
purple spokes it doesn't matter you could put freaking legos on there this thing spins so fast and it's so effective it's gonna murder anything you put in front of it. you could chop down a dadgum tree with this weed whacker okay that's the way well of radiance works with lunafaction it doesn't matter what you throw in there it's gonna spit out an insane amount of damage nerf grenade launchers fine what's the strongest damage output weapon now oh that cool yep throw that in the blender and then you're just you're blowing everything up it's this it's this overarching that, that, that that's why the term meta narrative exists so when you watch like star trek the meta narrative is the story that's developing across all the episodes the meta the met like the meta narrative within our builds this is far reaching everybody's doing it everything benefits from it so even if you just nerfed grenade launchers into the ground everybody would just pivot to something else because it's just this insanely fast spinning thing that whatever you put into it, it's like kafoom, kafoom. it's just it's hitting that spinner and annihilating everything in its path so leave grenade launchers alone lower the efficiency of this but buff the other stuff buff rocket launchers buff machine guns empower other things to compete but i don't know i just think grenade launchers just put it on full display this po- problem i think existed before grenade launchers didn't it i don't know look at last wish encounters dictate weapon used kali was a different meta from shirochi who is different meta from Morgeth, which is a different meta from Riven. Grenade launchers broke that. It was never the well or the lunas or the barricade. It was the weapon class. I disagree. I can flip that argument right back around on you, Eugene, and tell you that Kali and Shirochi and Morgeth were all made unbelievably easy by Luna Wells. Now, you didn't run Luna at Morgeth because it would break the white nail perk of your, 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 your whispers, okay? We were all running wells with Lunas at Shirochi and Kali be- because it made it really, really easy to, to annihilate them. You-, you see what I'm saying? I-, I-, I hear where you're coming from. You're like, no, 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 it was grenade launchers. It was grenade launchers. Who's using grenade launchers at Shirochi? It's a whole lot easier just to barrel stuff her. You're going to blow yourself up if you're not careful. Now you could go back for, for max damage at the end or something, but... You can you, know, you use a well at Morgeth. I was saying you wouldn't use Luna's at Morgeth because it would invalidate the Wisp, the White Nail perk. Um, you could yeah, you could do the well on the Shoddy Strat at Morgeth too. I mean, I just it, it again, it's this fast spinning thing. No matter what you spit inside there, it, it's 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 annihilating everything in its path. Grenade launchers getting a buff just exposed how absurd it is because grenade launchers have a decent amount of ammo and they shoot really fast. So the time that it takes is shortened it used to take you longer to launch a bunch of rockets at something and cheese riven that time just got shortened by grenade launchers grenade launchers aren't the cause they were just they really really exposed the i I think the problem with luna and and rally basically saying you can shoot non-stop again remember when luna factions and rally barricade got their change that context does not exist anymore. We don't need, they're not meeting a, they were meeting a pain point of feeling weak. That pain point doesn't exist anymore. We're unbelievably strong now. A brand new Prime sub from Matt2King. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. Enjoy your dope badge and emote your dope and deserve dope stuff. Enjoy ad free viewing as a sub. 32 months from Dark Knight. Thank you. Evil the Waffler. I haven't made up my mind yet on the nerf, but do you think that such 
a, a triple tap will become top tier now. Well, it depends on what weapon has triple tap. I mean, you're not going to be... I don't think you're going to be doing damage on bosses with scouts or snipers or hand cannons with triple tap. I don't think so. I don't think that'll become the meta. They're not strong enough. Snipers, maybe. High, it's high noon. Do you consider this a nerf or a change? Because if you reload fast enough, it probably won't change your damage output that much. I mean, we already said that grenade launchers with field prep are probably going to still be pretty insanely strong. Um, that's why I hope they make some more adjustments to the other weapons. It's I, st- I still think it's okay. Let's make something perfectly clear here. I still think it's okay to have really effective damage cycles. Let's not let's not go too far down the road here. It's okay to have a really effective damage cycle. Everybody hopping in a Luna well, and if you have a bunch of field prep grenade launchers, that's okay. That's fine. If the design of the encounter and the the fact that you have to like crouch and reload is a slight pushback on how universally good that is then you might use something else instead i don't know that that to me that to me should be the result here hopefully McCheshire, do you think boss lethality is something that needs to be addressed as well in this nerf? It doesn't seem to make sense that the idea that an entire team huddling together is the safest tactic or approach to the fight. I don't honestly know if we're ever going to move away from this. Uh, Warpriest, Sisters, Golgoroth, um, Axis, Vosik, Siege Engine, Crota, um, the, the, this is just kind of something that is thematic in Destiny. Holy frick, it's so, oh, this thing is so hard and challenging. All right, it's our turn. And then we all get together and claw, 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 claw. And then back to mechanics, back to positions. Like, I think Bungie really, really likes doing that. And I think I like it too. I think I like it too. I think there was just a lot more variety and what we had to do and what we could do and what was, what was potent. In uh, in D one, that's the kind of the one of the main issues. So that that's kind of where I stand on it. Is like I'm okay with having those moments where everybody huddles together and just dumps on the boss because uh, the issue isn't that there are clear cut damage phases. Let's be clear on this too. That's not the issue. It's okay to have a clear cut damage phase. Everybody come to me, War Priest. Everybody get down here, Golgoroth. That's fine. That's totally fine. The journey to get there, and the time that we're allowed to do it, and the way that we do it, those are the things that need to really be pushing back on some of this. So I'm not saying the only problem was Luna's and Rally. The other problem too is, is like, the journey to get there doesn't really disrupt us that much. The way that we do damage doesn't really disrupt us that much. So there's just a mindless sort of, we all stand here and just go insane. Uh, Damien with seven months. Thank you very much. I'll give you an example of how they got, they got it right. I do think they got it right in one fight. The, not the final fight in crown of sorrow, the fight before that, I think in that fight in destiny two, they got it right because if you really want to maximize damage, your damage cycles are very separated and you have to use a mechanic to do it. They, like to, to, to basically take his shield down. There's a rhythm there. There's a disruption. You can mess it up, right? It's, it's, that I think is the closest they've gotten. 
The Scourge fight is really, really good. I think the Scourge fight's probably the best boss fight in all of Destiny 2 because of everything they ask you to do. Is Anarchy really a mechanic? Right, I, th- th- that's that's a problem. Isn't that a bit of a cheese, though? Getting extra damage phases? I mean, I, th- isn't that how they do it with Anarchy? In any case, the Scourge fight, I think, is the best boss fight in all of Destiny 2. The things that everybody's required to do, the amount of traversal you have to have to do damage, the intrinsic mechanic in the damage phase that must be managed and paid attention to, Scourge is probably the best fight. Do you want to know why Scourge got really invalidated? Whisper of the Worm. Like, Whisper, even Luke admits Whisper's too strong. You take Whisper out of the picture, and Outbreak Perfected came way, way later. It came way, 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 way later. Okay? So if you take Whisper out of the equation, that Scourge fight's really, really good. You're going to be... You're easily, easily going to be having two, sometimes three damage phases. The amount of plates that are being spun in that fight are fantastic. Spire of Stars is good, but it I think the damage phases got, got goofy on us, didn't they? And it was real glitchy. I don't know. Everybody has a job in Scourge. It's great. I'm shielded popper on my team, and it puts pressure on me. I, I'm lo- I love it. I love it. I love being on a rooftop and managing snipers and managing his shields, managing his his random, he does those random damage attacks. He's not just a prop. He like moves around the room and he's shooting at you and he does those damage things that can be stunned. Oh, I love it. The Scourge fight is just so good. The Scourge fight, if you didn't have Whisper, I, I really think that would be one of the fights that people would point to and say, that's a good fight. It really requires people to pay attention, spin a lot of plates. There's really good disruption during and before damage phases. It's really, really good. And Riven, no cheese at Riven is another example. Really good synergy required. R- you're, you're basically killing Riven with mechanics. Like, you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, man. Again, what what it comes down to is a couple of items that just completely upset what they tried to do. Cluster bombs on Riven Cheese, Whisper during the Scourge fight, and then Spike Nades in Crown of Sorrow. All these boss fights get completely invalidated by like one thing. That's why it's like you can't just pinpoint one thing and say this is the problem. Sometimes it's a it's it's one in- individual item, but what are you gonna do? Just take Whisper away? <laughs> you know. Riven needs Shirochi health gates. Oh, I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't know why they didn't just just do that. I hate health gates. It's not really meant to be a damage phase anyway. Shut the frick up. Like, it'd be okay. You take so much health and then she stops taking damage. That would have been totally fine. Like, I, I don't know. Everybody hates damage gates. I hate damage gates, but that's not a damage cycle. They're not gating a damage cycle. That was not. That's not the intention of those. <laughs> that's not how Riven's supposed to go. Um, Clay Tongs, you mentioned moving linear fusion to the energy slot. Do you believe that their damage output should be adjusted, or it's fine where they, where it is? Would you carry this over uh, for bows, SMGs? I don't know about their damage. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think here because I think that. I'd probably be okay with their damage chain really close to where it is. Because if you can land that many crits on a boss and you're going to save all your ammo for that, I don't really care. It doesn't even have that much ammo to begin with. Um, and honestly, people really wouldn't even use them that much as energy weapons anyway. They would probably use them, you know, very rarely to begin with. They just... De- like, 
That's the truth. That really exposes how they don't belong in the power slot. If they put linear fusions in the energy slot, you still wouldn't use them hardly at all. Same damage output. Now, obviously not sleeper, but if I could suddenly have Crooked Fang in my energy slot, I still wouldn't use it that often. Why? I I wouldn't. I have... Where would I use it? I 100% would run Queen Breaker or Crooked Fang as energy. Okay, in PvE though function? Obviously in Gambit you would. Crucible you would. You're turning it into a sniper. It's like nobody really uses snipers in PvE either. I, it's it's rare. There's just not a lot of places where they get footing. Shotguns, and I'm really I'm really hoping rapid fusions make a comeback because rapid fusions are really fun. Ah, uh, cool whipper, whip, whip, cool whip. Uh, since Luna and Rally are getting nerfed, do you think Whisper will be meta again? Also, do you think Whisper and Darcy should move to the special slot? They definitely don't belong in the special slot. If you move them in the special slot, holy frick, you'd have to bring their damage down. They could. They could reemerge. It just depends on dam- it just depends on the bosses. You gotta be able to land crits. Um, it's high noon. Since it says you reload faster, would having fast reload perks be needed if they stack? Pretty sure they are gonna stack. We already had that discussion. Vendetta... Do you think that Destiny 2 could use PTS so we could test all this stuff? I've had this question before, so I'm not going to read your paragraph. A private testing environment or a public testing environment wouldn't benefit Bungie at all. And I'll tell you why. It takes them a really long time to make changes. So, by the time they would have something built out enough for you to test it, and then you'd play it, do you know how long it would take them to fix it? Like, you're, you're... your argument is is built upon the premise that it takes them too long to make changes. Why would they suddenly why would they suddenly be able to make changes because you tested something? Make changes faster. You testing something and providing them with feedback, it would still take a really long time. Cuz for something to be testable, it needs everything built out. It needs mechanics, damage threshold, drop rates, all those things need to be put in place. And then for what? For us to provide feedback. Imagine them doing that with Reckoning. You think Reckoning was ready to rock and roll when 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 uh, Black Armory dropped? No, it wasn't. Reckoning was not ready to rock and roll. When was Reckoning ready to rock and roll? Probably a month or two before it dropped. How do we know this? Because that's when they had their, te- their 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 capture event and streamers and stuff came out and played it. Now, in that environment, I I'm sure anybody that went that played it, experienced it, and had the drop rates explained to them and all that would probably say there's no intentionality on the weapons. That was really good with Ada, and it seems it seems like it's really really challenging. It seems like it's kind of built. You know, we like it because it's challenging. Okay. There's no way they were going to be able to make changes to Reckoning before it launched. I just don't think the window for changes is long enough. It completely invalidates. The, your argument is built on a premise that that refutes it. Does that make sense? The premise of your argument is it takes them too long to make changes. Therefore, they should do a public testing environment so they can make slow changes. Like you see what I'm saying? Like the premise of the argument refutes the argument. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't help the problem. They got to build an entire mechanic and loot system and piece of equipment encounter and then you test it and then provide them with feedback and then it'll take a month to adjust it I, I just 16 months from Yoshin thank you I'm not trying to dismiss your idea like it's stupid it seems so logical just start doing testing Bungie I'll give you an example. We have an example coming in Shadowkeep. They're putting 3v3 elimination in Crucible Labs. 
when do you actually think that's going to result in trials coming back probably my guess spring you ain't getting trials after just a couple weeks of crucible labs i think you're going to get trials in the spring i meant weapons supers perks and real game modes homie they have internal quality testing if they're wanting to test weapons and supers and perks and game modes well they don't test their game if all this stuff comes out broken again you've got to always track the history when Luna Factions and Rally Barricade got updated, Mountaintop didn't exist yet, okay? So, when we drag Luna Factions and we drag Rally Barricade, we drag it into the future, all of a sudden, stuff gets plugged into it that's way too powerful. It's like when Thor shoots, you know, Iron Man in Avengers, and he's like, Cole Powell is at full 100%. And Tony's like, well, how about that? He d- and then he's really, really strong, and he blasts Thor. Well, Thor didn't know that. Anybody he's ever fought, he just hits him with lightning, and it hurts him. They didn't know that. They didn't know what they did in the past was going to plug in to Mountaintop and spike grenades and a buff to spike, you know, a buff to grenade launchers and give us like a core power at four hundred percent. Like they didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> so it's not a matter of like they should do better private testing. I would have caught this. I'm a smart player. Come on. No, you wouldn't, because you can't see the future. You don't know what they're going to do nine months from now that plugs into a change now and causes a problem. Yeah, and meanwhile, you'd have two seasons pass before they even begin work on the PTS. Like, it just wouldn't It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Uh, bu- bonus Rooster. I think this change is awesome, but doesn't it still hold the problem of people just sitting in one spot and shooting? I just feel that even though this may be... I already talked about this. I'm okay with damage faces being like this. It's not that big of a deal. We've been doing it for a long time. Evil the Waffler. With these nerfs, do you think it will still be able to do the Riven Cheese? Probably. Uh, Mac Mac says, Do you think there will be room for Luna and Rally and still work for Rockets? Or does there need to be a serious look at Rockets? I think Rockets need two in the chamber. That, that, That just needs to happen. Rockets could also use another damage pass. I don't think they're. I still don't think they're strong enough. Or give them more. They don't have enough ammo. They don't have enough ammo. Like, just do the math. Take every rocket you have and shoot it in a boss, unbuffed, and then shoot every grenade you have with if it's spiked at a boss. But the rockets aren't even close. And beyond that, even if it is close between the grenade launcher and the rocket launcher, then you have to consider the time it takes you to do that. Because when you're done with the grenade launcher, in the remaining time that this dum-dum over here with his rocket is reloading, and you've reloaded your grenade launcher, you've emptied it. No buffs, no buffs, no lunafaction, just, just compare raw damage. While this guy over here is still reloading his rockets, you've moved on to something else. A shotgun, a sniper, a trace rifle, grenades, whatever. Because grenade launchers are legendary, so it frees you up. You can sit there and just be drilling them with the cold heart. And this guy's over here just reloading his rockets. You know? Now, put him in a Lunafaction Lunafaction rift. The effect is still the same. You're still, you're taking this experiment that took a minute, and you're just lowering it to 30 seconds. The guy with the grenade launcher is still, clung, 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 and he's done, and he switches to cold heart, and he just starts nailing the boss, and this guy over here is, flum, 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 and he only gets to do that, what, like five or six times? Rockets are in a terrible spot. <clears throat> They need hit from a couple of sides. I think their base reload speed needs to be faster. I think their damage might need a little bit of a tune, tuning, a little bit of a tweaking, and they need two in the chamber. 
I need to at least be able to go floom, floom, and then if I got field prep, I can crouch, I can reload it fast, Luna Factions could still help me as a rocket launcher carrier, and I could then maybe either keep up or pass a grenade launcher. Evil the Waffler, I raid often and I'm willing to teach new people because we can bake the boss in a one phase. I understand this change, but personally, I can't see me training people if we need three to four phases to kill the raid boss. Do you see this as a future problem? Uh, Biggish Canine with 37 months, thank you. Okay, here's the here's the danger. Here's the danger. Is if you start approaching endgame content like a raid, and you have been... I don't like using the term spoiled, so I'm not using this here in like a mean way. But if you've been kind of spoiled by very easily achieved and consistent one phases, and that makes you super averse to to two phases, maybe three if you're having a really hard time. I I don't know if that's our that should be our attitude on endgame content. I don't know if we should be strutting into a raid and thinking if we don't one phase, this team sucks and I'm out. I don't have time to teach. I don't want to do that. Like, listen, I understand you have limited playtime and you don't want to drag some lead-footed dum-dum through a raid who can't get basics down. I get that. I've been there. I ran King's Fall over a thousand times. It can be hard. And not everybody's in the mood for that on a Friday night when they're wanting to hang out with their buddies and get a raid done. I get that. But if we have been lulled into this expectation of being like, we should always be able to one-phase, I'm probably going to push back and disagree with that and say... No, some of the best fights in Destiny 1 were never a one-phase. You couldn't one-phase Oryx. You could very rarely one-phase Axis. It was tough. Um, it was fun to one-phase Atheon during Age of Triumph, but I mean, that was that was more of a celebration of the raid than like ex- you know, executing the actual challenge of the fight. Um, I don't know. If, if that's always your expectation, I would be concerned that that's not really fair to expect of the content. Doing the Riven fight non-cheese, doing the Vault in Last Wish, those are great fights, and there is no one-phasing them. I don't know. I One-phasing is okay, but it should be difficult. Like, one-phasing an Axis, a lot of times we're like, oh man, we're so close, 90%, like we really took a bunch of his damage. That is awesome. And there's something, I think, this is going to be some opinion here, I I think there's something really, something really cool happens when you have a really, really, really good damage phase. The whole team is now in, that you're invested. You're a, you, oh man, we've got this guy on the ropes, let's go. Yeah, we've got it. We don't even need to do much damage next time. Maybe you have a little bit of confidence, you're like, yeah, look at that, let's go. Plus, we got this. We only need to get one more phase. Like, um, I don't know. I I think I think that there's something special that happens when you have a good damage pass. Uh, instead of just feeling like we baked him, nice, sweet. Let's run it again. I don't know. One phases can happen. I'm not against one phases. One phases should not be so accessible and normative. You know. Like what Zach's saying, a one phase should be a reward for flawless execution of mechanics, not a given. Right, if you one phased Axis, some of it was RNG because you needed your guys with um, Dark Drinker to not have to travel so far. So the less travel time, like sometimes there was RNG. So you would get a ton of front load damage done on Axis because you got really good RNG on the teleports. 
and like and like where where you were. So RNG played a part, travel time played a part, people's loadouts played a part, people's awareness played a part. Um, so one phasing him was was challenging even for really good teams. It wasn't a, it was not a given, as Zach has said. So again, recapture that Nikon. Since we know scouts are getting a buff, what do you think it will be? What would you do to make scouts better? Scouts need to be variable. I'm going to do a whole video on how to improve scouts. Um, they need to be variable. We need to be able to adjust them. I need to be able to maybe hip fire one like an SMG, or I need to be able to press a button and change how far they zoom in and turn it into an auto rifle. I they're, they're neat. I, I have three. I have three scouts in my mind. I'm going to do a whole video on how I think they need to completely overhaul scouts if you ever want them to stand a chance in D2. There's just there's no place. They don't have a place. There's like a couple of places. Couple, you know. Attitudes have changed now. I've been in raid groups where if you don't one phase, someone leaves. Yeah, I mean, I just it's. I don't think it's a good attitude to have about end game content. All right, we're at thirty. To, okay, we gotta start going a little bit faster here. Uh, what do you think about the fact? Did I skip a question? Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, just enough. Do you think PvP should have map preview or voting system? That'd be helpful. I don't know if we need something like this right now. I don't know if we need something like this right now. It could be nice though as a quality of life. Uh, reborn. Historically, raids have been cleared by very few people. How do we improve that number while maintaining the difficulty of raids, especially now that auto win strats like Lunar Rally are nerfed? Um, I mean, full disclosure, I'm not really concerned with making raids uh, raid completion numbers go up. I'm not really concerned about that. I don't think Bungie is either. It's By its definition, it's aspirational content. It should it should be a minority or you're probably failing to execute on the same token if public space and public events were unbelievably hard people would be like this doesn't make sense this kind of content shouldn't be this hard nobody can do this same idea right you can't drag a raid down and be like yeah more people should be able to complete this if you approach public events with that attitude but just inverse it public events should be really really hard should be really hard to complete a minority of the player base should be able to complete a public event you'd be like that's not in the spirit of the of the encounter that's not in the spirit of the content it's not in the spirit of a raid to be like more people should be able to complete this i i, I don't think so I, I just don't. I don't think that's going to ever be the attitude of Bungie, especially if they're leaning into the MMO identity. All-star hit. How would you think the best... Uh, what do you think the best three legendary weapons are going to be in a Shadowkeep and the three best exotics? I'm, I'm not going to answer this question because it's... I can't... I won't be able to do it off the top of my head. It won't be helpful. Dreo0614. Uh, What's your opinion on Bottom Tree Strikers raw superpower versus any other superpower, especially the low resilience of Hunter Roaming Supers? That's getting tweaked in Shadowkeep, so my opinion on it doesn't matter that much. They're going to tweak that because they do admit that it's too strong. TS Hawks. You think it's better for them to nerf stuff or buff stuff? It, th- th- there is no one... There is no one trick pony here they can't just buff they can't only nerf it's it's always a little bit of both in my opinion you got to drag something down a little bit and raise something up a little bit it's not a matter of just what's the outlier oh that that's really strong well let's raise everything to the like the strength of the outlier you can't do that you can't do that 
when they discovered that the aim assist on Queensbreakers was was brokenly high, you couldn't be like, well, we don't want to nerf anything, so everything's got aim assist at the level of Queenbreakers. You'd be like, what the frick are you doing? You can't do that. So it's not always about, should it be a nerf? Should it be a buff? You've got to, you've got to assess the situation and maybe nerf a little and buff a little on either side. Like, there's a lot of things at play. I need my tether buff. Yeah, they're making changes to tether. Uh, I got the, I think I got the munchies. I think it's supposed to say, what's the biggest holy crap moment of raids, or is there something that beats that? Oh, is that your biggest? Okay, I think you asked this question when I was talking about triple cannon. Running triple cannon at Axis is the single greatest experience I think a raider can have. I don't think there's a higher threshold of heroism and like what you've got to manage. Now, somebody might be like, oh, soloing this or soloing that. I think triple cannon axis is just is just absolutely a phenomenal experience. I don't know if you can replicate it anywhere else, even if you solo something. There's just something really special about doing that. It's it's I don't know. It's awesome. I might be romanticizing it because I enjoyed doing it, so but I loved it. I am Skolas. With it being reported the Gambit and Strikes have mods, saw it on Houndish's video. Do you think people are going to grind armor and build for uh, more builds than originally thought. Really depends. Um, Gambit, yeah, I, I could see people doing that for Gambit because people might want to grind Gambit now that they're putting gun drops in there and stuff. Um, I don't know about strikes though. I, I'm interested if they're going to be doing any, if they're going to do a quality pass on strikes. There's just no real reason to run them. Nightfalls, if you get the benefits of Nightfalls, sure, because they're going to be adding new ways of challenges in Nightfalls. Eknor, do you think this makes them useless? Uh, do you think this makes them useless? Other challenges like maybe having damage buff to rally like Warlocks have Empowering Rift or get... No, this doesn't make them useless. And your suggestion... It's, it's kind of hard to understand your sentence there. Just enough. With the reload nerfs, do you think snipers will rise to prominence? Triple tap plus rapid hit is a great combo that has no place in the current sandbox. Well, and if you put that on, what else are you sacrificing? I want you to imagine a boss with a nice crit spot and you think this is going to be meta. Well, hopefully the encounter is is manageable with the freaking sniper while you're while you're waiting to go to damage phase. You got to remember, you don't just strut into a room and look around. Oh, there's the boss. All right, guys, let's shoot him. Like there there are phases and ads that you have to do to get to the damage phase. So I I I would think that if you put this on. The, the, the encounter is going to dictate whether or not you feel like that's a good idea because there are some encounters like I want you to imagine running a triple tap rapid hit sniper in the Vosik fight you would feel the pain of that you'd be like man Lono's got that he's got that Occam's razor and he just keeps rushing the captain that's so nice I, 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 I can't do that and I'm saving my ammo for the boss anyway there's always a trade-off when you go to something like that so you'd have I think the encounter would dictate it more than the strength of the weapon because damage phases are never um Dylan says there's gonna be a progress update soon his first thoughts wow it must be really high um I just think damage phases are generally going to happen no matter what, and you're not really going to feel the need to be like, I'm going to sacrifice my loadout to run this sniper. I, You know what I mean? Like, when you're running a damage phase and you're facing a delta, sometimes, sure, I could see that, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if you're going to have 
people really feeling the need to like slap on a sniper uh we have an update on mars says dylan all i can say is wow so yeah they're gonna tweet soon and update soon that's pretty cool uh parasito could other classes and subclasses get things to alleviate Luna Wells? Yeah, I mean, we, I don't know what they could get, but they might get stuff. We, I'm not going to speculate. Uh, Jay Chris, what do you think about the fact that Warlocks will now have two exotics that do roughly the same thing? They don't do roughly the same thing because Luna's is for the whole team and the Gauntlets are for you. Uh, Mr. Gravity, the Gauntlets are irrelevant and have been irrelevant for a while. Uh, anyway, I think I have two uh, question answers opened. Um... Yep, I do. I have two question answers opened. Um, one of the... Yeah, yeah. So we're at number 43. Apologies, apologies. Uh, we're going to close that one. Um, okay, Mick, Mr. Gravity. What do you think about people predicting Izanagi's burden? We've already talked about that. Yep, it's probably going to be a, a go-to for certain fights. Boss. Lono, do you think Luna Faction and Rally Barricade nerfs are enough to stop Grenade Launcher dominance? Grenade Launchers have reload. Yeah, we okay, I'm not going to read the rest of your question. I think Grenade Launchers are still going to be really prominent. We've already visited this and even talked about potential roles that are still going to be really strong. The idea would be to raise the other weapons. Blader Magician. Is the change to both buff and auto reload another example of Bungie swinging the hammer too far? I don't think so, no. No. Um, debuffs and buff stacking was absurd and being able to shoot without reloading got absurd too. Wishwash. Am I the only one who doesn't understand this outrage? If Luna's is now going to make your reload say outlaw fast, that's 0.5 seconds faster, I don't see anything changing damage output wise. I don't think it's going to change our damage output. I think it's going to frustrate people that are like, I really want to run a certain build. Um, I think that's probably the main issue people are taking with it is that they like their build and they feel their build's not as strong. If you really think about it like you're saying, it's probably not going to affect DPS that much. Boss fights are probably going to be very different, though, in a lot of this aspirational content. Just a new. With Bungie missing multiple opportunities for loot, intentionality, especially with the community challenge, how long do you give them the benefit of the doubt and what could be the final nail in Bungie's coffin? At the end of this question, please don't ask questions like this. There's no nail in their coffin if they don't get loot intentionality right. Like, that is just so hyperbolic. They're like, is this a turning? Is this a make or break moment for Destiny? Listen, if we can survive Destiny 2 year 1, we can survive almost anything as a game, okay? They say that, like, cockroaches could survive a nuclear holocaust, like if a nuclear bomb went off. Well, De- Destiny is like a cockroach. It-, it survived its own nuclear bomb going off. It almost blew itself up, and it lived through it. I don't think if they don't get good loot intentionality in Shadowkeep, that it's their demise and it's a nail in the coffin, okay? Let's answer the rest of your question, though. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt beyond Shadowkeep. If Shadowkeep lands and I'm like, okay, there's not as great a loot intentionality here, here's some... Like, if I make a video and I have some criticism about Nightmare Hunt or... uh, Vex Offensive, and I make some criticisms about loot intentionality... I'll be pretty chill about that. If the winter season lands and we have repeating problems of a lack of loot intentionality or frustration that smells like reckoning, 
I'm going to take the gloves off. Because at that point, I'm going to say, listen, this is just an aptitude, okay? You guys know what we like. You, it, it, It's a well-established thing at this point that we want intentionality and we don't like encounters like Reckoning. At that point, it's your failure to make good content. I get parallel development. I get it. I, I gave him a very, I gave him a light pass on reckoning. I did. I was like, okay, it makes sense. I think even at the time, I told people that. Why isn't this built like Ada? I was like, Ada was probably built at the same time this was built, so they didn't know how Ada was gonna land. Now that they know how Ada's gonna land, I think they should just give bounties to the Drifter. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Maybe that system's too hard to build, but like, just give weapon bounties to the Drifter that I can keep resetting and buying like the freaking Chalice and Ada because it's so dadgum good. But okay, fine. Parallel development. Maybe you can't get that build in time. Okay. Okay. But if I get to December and January and I'm saying the same dadgum things I said about Reckoning, if I'm saying that again in December and January, I don't think anybody should keep the gloves on. At that point, they need wrapped on the beater. It's like, wake the frick up. We don't like this kind of content. And since you're taking out content and putting content in, it's got to be good. It's got to be designed well. And I'm saying this because I'm confident they're going to get it right. I don't think we're going to re- I don't think we're ever going to do reckoning ever again. I just I I don't think so. If they do, zero excuse and deserving of criticism, 100%. But I don't think we're going to have to do that. I don't think I'm going to have to make those videos. Now, again, I'm saying beyond Shadowkeep. If Shadowkeep has some things in it, that feel like they lack intentionality, if it feels reminiscent of Reckoning, I'll be like, okay, Bungie, come on. Hopefully we can get a quality of life update patch for this a month in or so, but all right, this might have been in development before you really got our feelings on Chalice. I kind of feel like when you were building this, you probably knew what we thought about Ada's bounties, but that's beside the point, I guess. Okay, I'll tolerate it. I'll, 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 I'll talk about it. But dude, if I'm saying this again in January, you're going to see me really hot and bothered. It's going to be like, what the frick are y'all doing? You know, you know better. There's no excuse at that point. So, and I'm confident I will not have to have that make that content. I'm confident I'll be able to say, this is great. The guns are cool. Here's what I honestly think I'm going to have to say. If I look, if I look into my crystal ball and look into the future and imagine the videos I'm going to be making... I'm kind of envisioning a future where I'm going to say things like the perk system is still disappointing. Ugh, I hope I'm wrong. There's still not enough perk diversity. Ooh, there's still not enough perk slots are on a gun. Ugh, there's, there's, we're just chasing the same roles. Ugh, ugh, gross. I feel like I'm going to have to say that, though. I don't have a lot of confidence in them iterating on the perk system on guns yet. Yet. That doesn't mean they won't. I just feel like that's going to kind of be the world that we live in. Armor system's awesome. Oh, this is great. Really good loot pathing and investment. And I, I feel I feel like I'm really being rewarded for all my work. But I also really feel like I'm going to say, but, you know, guns are still... Guns are still not where they need to be. I'm John Small. I personally think this change... I personally like this change because now the raid meta is going to have so much more variety. I don't know about that, but we'll see. My question is... Uh, is this also going to be kind of a ruining weapons like Coldheart and Sweet Business and Raids? No, Coldheart is, is still good. Uh, Sweet Business and Raids, I mean, if, if, I mean, if you're worried about Sweet Business and Raids, I mean, maybe you should put it away and use something else. I don't, I don't really think we need Sweet Business and Raids. Once you're above the Delta, Sweet Business can do a good job in the right places because you're mainly damaging Callus with the stacks of Force of Will, but, and that's what makes it viable. That's what made Coldheart viable. Coldheart's actually in a really good place right now. I ran it whenever I ran the, um, 
Outbreak Perfected quest, and we two-man the boss. Uh, I think we were world's first two-man. Honestly, I do. Um, so... JD Gamer, hey Lono, do you think due to this, the Riven Cheese will be gone? No, probably not. Captain, oh, what's the rest of your question? Do you think Mountaintop will still be relevant? No, Mountaintop's not going to be relevant for bosses, I don't think. Captain SRS, do you think Demolitionist will be meta for its full mag reload on a grenade throw? Synergy? No, because you're not going to get grenades back fast enough during a damage cycle, because you have to get your grenades back in order for that to really work well. Navy Penguin with 41 months, thank you. Throlly, what would you think if Bungie allowed us to use kinetic and elemental weapons in both the kinetic and elemental slots? I would at least take that over what we have now. Because there's really cool energy primaries that I just don't use because it's like, gotta throw on my threat level. Like, gonna use Recluse? Gotta throw on my threat level. That's annoying. I mean, if I could take my rec- Recluse and put it in the number one slot and run it with a Badlander Shoddy or a Rapid Fire Fusion or if I could run Recluse with a Cold Heart ooh that would be so fun I, I just I don't know I, I, I Elemental Primaries being able to have all three elements I just I, I continue to say that's not a problem I feel like if we ever get a major weapon pass and they comb over the whole weapon system I, I, I kind of have this hunch that I'm going to get my way they're going to be like you know what Elemental Primaries aren't that strong we're going to give you guys Elemental Primaries again I don't know I, I, I feel like they would do that I hope they would Anare Senpai, with PC load times being significantly better, do you think that the optimal strat will be to place a Luna Well then slot to a Ophidian for faster reload? Um, Anare Senpai, you usually ask really good questions. I don't think you thought about this one. I don't think the Well keeps Luna... Does it keep the Luna effect? Or am I wrong? Who's wrong here? If I put down a Well and then take my Lunas off, does it retain the effect? It does. Okay, so I'm the idiot in this equation. My apologies. Um, okay, load times on PC. I'm gonna put down the well, and I'm gonna swap to something else. Um, yeah. They might have to patch that. That does seem like a problem. Um, yeah, that does seem like a problem. I don't know what else you would switch to. Like, you're saying Ophidia. I don't know... Ophidian aspect, I'm sorry. I don't know if you'd want to take the time to not shoot to do that. That's still DPS loss. Like, if damage windows are slightly shorter, which I think they're going to be from here on out, I don't think we're going to have these long damage windows. Maybe Phoenix. Yeah, 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 yeah. People solo well on Reckoning, and they put down Luna, and they switch to Phoenix. Yeah, I could see switching to Phoenix if there's an ad cycle that you have to maintain while your team damages, and that feeds your next well. Um... Yeah, they might have to patch that then, because I could see that being kind of silly. That could be kind of cheesy. It only benefits the well user. Yeah, but if you give your entire team a Luna well, and then you switch to something else that benefits you, you're kind of double dipping. Wishwash. Not sure if this has been answered, but if everything in collections is going to pull out at 750... Yeah, I I believe so. Right now when you pull things out... Oh, I don't know. We're all going to be 750. I don't know what collections will pull out at. I think he said 750, though. Duplus, after yesterday's patch, I'm a little confused because Luke said in the blog post they're running out of space in the game, yet they raise the cap for materials. Wouldn't that make up more space? Okay. No, no. We got this question yesterday. Listen, when I... When I go in here to my currency, okay, within the database, 
all this is is a really really small image file with a number attached to it it's not taking up physical space in the game it's not a 3d model it's not a boss fight it's not a world it's not a mechanic it's not an engagement it's not an activity so no materials and currencies are not taking up space in the game it's literally like the teeniest tiniest image file like the size of your avatar on twitter with like a number attached to it um we got this question yesterday I think. I don't know if you were here, Dupless. H22 Accord. With higher difficulty Nightfalls coming, what will be the motivation to run them now that we know Vanguard loot is is not being updated? Armor 2.0 materials don't seem like that much of a carrot. Sorry for off topic. I disagree about the armor material not being a carrot. We also have it on... We I think we kind of know. We don't know this super in a super strong way, but I think the higher you go in difficulty, the better the stats are going to be on stuff. Luke seemed to indicate that they're going to give you stuff with basic stats, and then if you earn it out in the world, it can get better stats. I'm going to go one further and say that stats from Adept content at 860 ain't going to be as good as stats on 920 or 950. Now, why? Why would they do that? Because it maintains the relevancy of the content once you're max level. You could get a great stat roll on something on your way to 950, and then you just sit on it and infuse it. But... If you get that really good armor piece and you know it's a good stat roll, but you also know that once you get to 950 in the higher difficulties, you can get better stats, like higher stat counts. Like, because we saw powerful rewards tier one. I'm wondering if there's going to be like a tier one, tier two, tier three, and that tier three will give you like that, that better stats. That's a theory of mine. I don't know. I would hope that there'd be more than just the material farm, but I do think the material farm is a pretty good reason to run something. Somebody honestly gifted a sub to Taxus. Thank you. The Archon Lord. Hey, Lono. Did you see the note where there'll be new infusion material? Are they trying to slow our infusion again? Um, wait, there's a note that there's going to be a new infusion material? Oh, I think you're misreading it. The only thing I've seen is that they're calling them upgrade modules and they're free, up, they're free infusions. I actually think that's going to be a better way through the book to empower infusions because my video about infusion... Um, I think Infusion is going to hurt New Light players. I think they're already trying to meet that pain point with those um, with those those upgrade modules. I think the upgrade modules are also being sold by the the gunsmith. No, those gold boxes. Before anybody says it in the YouTube comments or in the chat, those gold, those orange boxes in the in the battle pass and in the gunsmith's inventory, those are not ascendant. I'm sorry, those are not enhancement shards. Enhancement shards are like a yellow crystal. Those little boxes, those little cubes are, I think those are upgrade modules. In Houndish's video, he said they're adding a new material to Infusion. Did he say what it was? I wonder if that's the upgrade modules. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know. If Infusion, I'm telling you, if Infusion is too costly or too difficult, it stands as a significant barrier to new players. Because they're 750, they're going to be getting legendaries right away, it's only a matter of time before they want to infuse, and if you make that hard, if it was frustrating for veteran players, that frustration level is going to be a whole lot easier to hit for a new player, and also is going to expedite them leaving because they've spent zero dollars to try the game out. Angry Pete, do you think more weapons and abilities with status effects would be beneficial addition to the game? For example, have concussion grenades with some fire burns, burn effects. No, this is why I think if they went to uh, 
a primary, secondary, and heavy system again, and all of your primary weapons could have elements, they can start to get more creative with perks, because instead of going for raw damage like Rampage Outlaw, you could go for a build that does status effects that might be equally as strong as efficient, but it would feel different and feel cool. So you're going for a completely different hand cannon, because it does dot damage, or some type of a, of, of a napalm explosion or something, that makes it feel as effective as a really good Rampage Outlaw hand cannon. So they're equal in how strong they are, but they're very, very different in the execution. I I do think this is a reason to go back to true elemental primaries. I think they're missing out on perk diversity and power diversity uh, in in the way that they in the way that they execute the stuff, you know, in the way that they execute damage, in the way that they give us, as you're saying, status effects. Zero sixteen. I saw this on Reddit, and I was talking about sealed Ahamkara's grass for hunters with smokes to get auto reload for nine seconds. Do you think that's going to be useful? I, yeah, I don't know. We're getting too down into the minutiae with these questions. <clears throat> We're getting down into real specific potentialities. Hey, Nick, what do you think the reasoning is for Bungie to not really adjust PvP as frequently as it needs to be? DLC is really the only time they make changes to PvP unless there's a Lord of Wolves laser tag situation. Okay. This is a good question. I think we got a glimpse into into number one, their new approach to this, and number two, I don't think they can. I think it's difficult for them to make big sweeping changes quickly because they're, they're big sweeping changes. I don't think they can make small changes quickly, and if they can, I don't know if they want to. Let's imagine they could make small changes quickly. It's really, really dangerous to do that because you can really disrupt things. Oh, such and such is really, really strong. Okay, they mess with Lord of Wolves. But if you want to start messing with and tweaking with, like, meta-changing things, it's really dangerous. You can really upset the established order. We all went to the D2 World premiere, and we thought, double primary? Oh, so much gunplay and so much shooting. And then we hated it. So we could be asking for something that we think on paper, oh my gosh, that's going to be so good. It's going to make the Crucible so excellent. And then they give it to us in quick iterations, and it causes chaos and instability. So I would think waiting is really important and they said that's one reason they like the artifact is they can try things they can try to influence the meta and give you power and different things with the artifact and if it's way too strong they're not nerfing your gun or your or your armor or whatever they're taking it away with the artifact if they feel like it was good they could make it a standard thing they could be like no 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 this is what we're going to do to these guns going forward so that was a glimpse into the fact that I, I think they want to take their time and also kind of use the artifact as a way to experiment and not cause absolute and utter chaos in the crucible. Listen, I said this yesterday and somebody clipped me to make me look stupid. It, this ain't going to work out real well for you. I don't think traditionally because I made a lot of predictions about certain games and people thought I was dumb. People thought I was dumb. Two hours into Fortnite, I said this game's going to be bigger than PUBG and people clipped me and called me an idiot. So... Who's the idiot now? But I said this yesterday, and people clipped me, and they think I'm stupid. I think some of the changes we're hearing about pulses being stronger and roaming supers being weaker, I don't think people understand what that's going to do to the flow of Crucible. I really don't. I really don't. The minute you make people feel slightly weaker, not me- they're not murdering supers, okay? They're making supers slightly weaker. They're making super, like, the, the turnover of super energy slightly weaker. They're trying to adjust how influential power ammo is. They're trying to adjust that down. And they're making Redrick's Claymore, art- like, archetype stronger. 
okay? Sniping people out of supers is also is also getting stronger, okay? I'm actually concerned the Crucible is going to go back to Team Shot meta after they make these changes. I hope I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, bully for the Crucible and yay for the people that are loving it. But I'm telling you right now, pulses are already strong. You make another pulse archetype strong. You weaken roaming supers. You weaken the turnover of super energy. The psychology of the player, after feeling like you've made them weaker, is going to be one where they lean on their teammates and they death ball and they handhold and they team shot. That's my prediction about where we're headed. I saw people, everybody celebrating the changes to Crucible. I just, I feel like we've been here before. We celebrate the changes to Crucible. Yay! We're faster. Yay! One hit melees. Yay! Shotguns are back. And a month later, everybody's complaining. I, I, I do. I feel like we're celebrating these changes. People are excited. And then in a month, they're going to be like, everybody's team shotting. Everybody's lane camping again. Um... The difference is we didn't have shotguns and fusions. Even right now, homie, I get on maps and team shot meta is actually really strong on certain maps. I think you're going to empower that even more if they're not careful. If they're not careful. The team shotting never really completely left the game. It's still very prevalent on certain maps and very frustrating to play against. I think they're empowering team shot meta even more by saying less super energy, less solvency and potency for a roaming super so it's hard to disrupt a, a camping team what's gonna be your 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 counter to roaming supers team shot hold hands snipe but how do you do that you do that by watching lanes if people start to realize they can team shot and sit on lanes and take people out of their supers they're gonna do it they're gonna do it and if you lower how often soup you know heavy ammo shows up now listen I'm not saying that tweaks aren't necessary hear me out I'm not saying that they don't need to make tweaks to roaming supers and heavy ammo. The rhythm of roaming supers and heavy ammo in the Crucible was absurd. But keep in mind, for every action, there's an equal reaction. And I happen to believe that the reaction to weakening these things and their presence in the Crucible, that action will have a reaction of more passivity and more team shotting and more lane watching. And I really, really hope I'm wrong. Um, I do. I hope they can land somewhere in the middle and people feel like supers and heavy have a good presence and and the game feels balanced and good. I really hope and pray that that's the result for you Crucible fans, but I'm very concerned that that will not be the case. And Brosif made a really good point yesterday. He's usually here in the mornings and he usually has very good thoughts on Crucible. He basically said that an entire year of, of Destiny 2 vanilla team shot meta has changed the way tons of people in the crucible play and they're still around you got to remember roughly 300,000 people a day played crucible all throughout year one those people are still around so when you look at the daily engaged crucible numbers and you see like 500,000 a significant portion of those people played all through year one and their mindset about playing and their strategy for playing is significantly affected by that first year I don't know if you're ever going to put that back in a box so that's just my theory and again if you think I'm an idiot and I think you think I'm off my rocker I made predictions about Crucible and D1 all the time every time they made announcements to changes I made predictions and I was batting I I mean I batted at a thousand 
I did. Every time they made those changes, I said, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And it did. And people told me I was an idiot. They told me I didn't know what I was talking about because I don't play Crucible. There's no way sidearms are going to become meta, Lono. And then the Wormwood was the number one weapon in Crucible in in Trials that weekend. There's no way everybody's going to use Icebreaker now. Everybody used Icebreaker. Everybody pivoted to Fusion Grenades. I didn't predict Fusion Grenades because... You know, there was no way to know that the the magnetism was going to be so frustrating once you took away people's one-shot meta with shoddy ammo being more sparse. But still, I'm telling you, if you think I'm an idiot, cool. I hope I'm wrong for the sake of the people that love Crucible. I genuinely do. I don't play Crucible that much. I, I don't play Crucible that much. I genuinely hope that I am wrong and that these changes bring about a really, really good era for the Crucible and everybody kind of celebrates it. Brosif is 100% right. I called that bleed over effect as soon as Forsaken launched. Nothing changed. It's still death ball strategy. Yeah, it's still it's still very much prevalent. And I think you're going to empower that even more with these changes, personally. Personally, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe more people getting heavy ammo. Maybe heavy ammo being shared will disrupt it more. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Maybe supers not being able to roam like crazy will help people disrupt teams more often. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So that's the last question. If you're here right now and you enjoyed this, thank you for being here. If you've, if you've not been here in a while and you're giving me another shot, uh, the vibe in chat has really changed recently and I've tried to be different. Uh, I've been in, I've been in therapy for over a year and that's probably one of the reasons. Um, so if you're giving me another shot, thank you for being here. Click the follow button. If you're brand new and you liked it, please click follow. If you're listening or watching in all the other locations, I'm going to keep streaming by the way, if you're here live, so don't go anywhere. But if you're listening or watching in any of the locations, please like, share, and subscribe.